Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nick's World of Sports. My name is Nick Zapola, thank you for tuning in. It's been a rough week for your boy. Uh, I woke up this morning and I felt like absolute dog shit. Dog shit, I felt terrible. And I ended up going into practice today. They sent me home. They're like, oh yeah, your throat's really like red. I had them uh, check my throat, pause, but... It didn't feel good. I kind of sound a little congested and hoarse, probably. I uh, went to urgent care, and I have an upper respiratory infection. So, it is what it is. I just can't avoid getting sick, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to record an episode before some football today. And uh, I promise football, you got football. So, before we jump into anything... I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been tuning in. I've been getting some positive feedback recently, and uh, I'm hoping to have a more consistent upload schedule in the coming weeks. I keep promising consistent upload as much as I keep promising football, but hoping that'll be a little more consistent as we move on. So, let's talk last week. A lot of predictions came right from a lot of people. I think last week was not a lot of surprises. Atlanta blew a big lead and lost to the Saints. Buccaneers blanked the Cowboys, minus a field goal. Bills beat the Rams in pretty pretty like pretty handedly. I think that was not much of a surprise. The Bills are going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Bears beat the Niners. I called that one months ago. Trey Lance looked horrible. Justin Fields didn't look much better, but I mean, Justin Fields did more with less than what Lance did, less with more. And Steelers beat the Bengals. That was shocking. T.J. Watt has that peck injury. The Eagles beat the Lions, but not by much. Dolphins and the Pats. Dolphins all day with that one. Ravens embarrassed the New York Jets, which I was a little surprised it was an embarrassment. But the uh, the Washington Commanders beat the Jags. A bit surprising with the uh, the Wentz performance, especially how good he played and then how bad he played. Then came back and played good. Colts and the Texans tied. That was a bad fucking game. That was one of the ugliest games I've seen. Same thing with Giants Titans. Giants beat the Titans on a two point conversion. Brian Dable's got some balls, but damn, the Titans should have really won that game. Vikings blow out the Packers. The Packers look terrible. Chiefs and the Cardinals. Chiefs blow out Kyler Murray in the cards. It was double XP weekend. And Kyler Murray does not play well on double XP weekends in COD. And finally, the Chargers beat the Rams. Oh, not finally. Chargers beat the Rams. Not Rams. Raiders. Tough day for Derek Carr. And the Broncos lose to the Seahawks in Russell Wilson's homecoming. I thought that was awesome. Um... What do I talk about first? Um, let's get into some injuries. TJ Watts, uh, originally they feared it was a torn pec with him. And I thought it was funny. He, the first couple of, opi- I think it was, he got two opinions and he's, they both said it's a torn pec. Um, 
and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, now he doesn't have a, tor- a fully torn pec, he doesn't need the surgery after like a fifth and sixth opinion. I thought that was hysterical, he went to get five, six, seven, eight, ten opinions on a torn pec. But he's on the IR now, Pittsburgh's defense is going to be missing, that's their number one guy. That's like if, I don't know, the Rams lost Aaron Donald, the, uh, the Cowboys lose Micah Parsons. Those '80s and '90s Giants lose Lawrence Taylor. That's how big that loss is. Like, he's a game changer, T.J. Watt. That defense went from scary to kind of just mid. Minka Fitzpatrick is nasty, but their corners aren't great. I'm not big on Devin Bush. I know people out there are Devin Bush fanboys. I think Devin Bush sucks. So if you have Steelers defense in fantasy this week, I would not sell high on them. We're gonna go into some of this week's games too. The Cowboys had a uh, have no Dak, no Michael Gallup this week. Dak's out. It was originally feared six to eight, but um, what's his name? Jerry Jones got on the radio. Was like, it's gonna be four weeks. Four weeks. I'm like, it's not gonna be four weeks. Emperor Palpatine. No, no. There's a lot of complaints I have with my own Dallas Cowboys, but again, we're not just talking about my team here with football. We're talking about New York teams as well. Let's just get into some of the games this week. I'll break down each game this week. We'll start with the Thursday night matchup. I had. Well, it's past Thursday now. I can't tell you about what I had, but the uh, the Chargers lose to Kansas City. Kansas City's now two and zero. Justin Herbert had a pretty ballsy game. It was twenty-seven twenty-four the final. Herbert threw for three hundred thirty-four yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a pick. And the pick went for ninety-nine yards. Ended up being the uh, the difference in this one. It seemed like Clyde Edwards-Helaire is continuing to have a solid start to the season. He rushed for seventy-four yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams had a big game after a disappointing week one. I actually started Mike Williams this week in fantasy football in one of my leagues. I had a big dilemma. I didn't know what to do. I have Mike Williams, Cordell Patterson, Aaron Jones, and C.D. Lamb. I, I'm like, I don't know who the hell I'm going to play in my flex or anywhere. Get, just to buy myself more time, I put Michael Williams in my two, in my wide receiver two, and I moved C.D. down to my flex. And I had not C.D. Pittman down to my flex. Because Pittman was questionable. Mike Williams balled out for me. Kansas City still looks pretty good. Doesn't matter who Mahomes is throwing the ball to. It seems like Mahomes will always get the job done. I don't know why. It just is what it is. And he's a bad, bad man. He's a bad fucking boy. Pat Mahomes lasers across the field. He threw an absolute dot for that one touchdown. But he only scored 17 fantasy points. The big news out of this game was Justin Herbert broke the cartilage in his ribs. And I don't understand that. Like, How do you break the cartilage in your ribs but not break your actual ribs? That's wild. I don't think Herbert is going to be trustworthy of the uh, team doctors after how they butchered Tyrod Taylor's cortisone injection and they punctured his lung. So we'll see what happens there. I think Herbert's probably going to play next week, especially with a 10-day turnaround because they're playing Sunday. So he'll probably play So next week. So if you have Herbert in your leagues, you'll be fine for next week, I think. This weekend, we had some. we're going to talk some 1 o'clock games, the 4 o'clock games. We're going to not talk about the 4 of the 425 game that's going to be taking place in Dallas, Texas. And we'll talk the 820 game and some of the mon- and the two Monday night games this week. 
I was surprised they did it week two. They usually do that week one, but week two's got two Monday nighters. First up, we have the Jets in Cleveland. I know that's a six and a half spread. The Jets are in Cleveland. I'm going to just say this. This is funny as hell. So I ran into one of my really good friends last night. I haven't seen him in or been in person to see him in years, probably since the beginning of the pandemic. And he said, and he's someone who always seems right about things like this. He goes to me, you think you're, you're crazy if you don't think Jets are covering six and a half tomorrow. Some guy told him that, and then he repeated that, and he's living by it. He thinks the Jets are covering six and a half. My other buddy, really good friend of mine, friend of the podcast, he has some of the worst gambling luck of all time. His parlay last week, I think he only had one team win in his parlay. He has Jets covering six and a half in Cleveland. That game's going to be ugly because, one, it's in Cleveland. And two, I just, I don't know, Brissett, that might have been a flash in the pan for him. He's not a, he's a good spot starter, but I don't think six to 12 weeks, Brissett's going to be good and leading this team. The Jets are dealing with some injuries as well. But, I don't know. I, I still think Cleveland by 10 is safe to say. I don't know. I just... I don't like the Jets covering that spread. I think the Jets are going to lose by 10. They didn't look particularly good against the Ravens, although Lamar is probably going to have an MVP season just by the way. Guys have been betting on themselves this year. Please see Aaron Judge. I'm just not a fan of the Jets in this matchup. If if they had Zach Wilson, maybe, but they're trotting out Joe Flacco again. I'm not a fan of 6.5. We'll go next to Washington and Detroit. Washington versus Detroit at 1 o'clock. This game is a Washington's favorite in this. I'm not buying the hype, though, with this Washington Commanders team. Another good friend of mine, cross-country teammate, huge Washington football fan. And I don't understand it, but I never will, I guess. Going against Detroit. Detroit is a blue-collar, gritty team. They just, I don't know, whoever plays for Dan Campbell all of a sudden plays their heart down. They're playing the best football of their lives, like, DeAndre Swift had a great game last week. Jared Goff didn't look terrible for the most part. Amon Ross St. Brown had a touchdown. You got some good guys on this team. Not good guys, some good, hardworking guys on this team. I think Detroit could have easily won last week against Philly, but Philly just, I don't know, early on jumped out and it just kind of held. It was just they were playing catch up too early. The Commanders had a bit of a bloodbath against Jacksonville, where Carson went through two, two, two touchdowns, two picks, including one god-awful interception he threw to Miles Jack, and then two beautiful touchdown throws. Carson Wentz is what people want Danny Jones to be, I think. Like, just not terrible, but not great, I guess. He's not as bad as he's been. He looked a lot better. Looked like there were revived confidence in him, but I'm still not buying this arc, this whole Carson Wentz redemption arc. I'm not buying it. I'm trying to find the spread. Oh, it's even. It's a push. I take the Lions here. The money line, both are minus 110. The over-under at 48. And they're in Detroit. 
I like the Lions. Don't call me a biased fan. I like the Lions in this one. Next up on our schedule, we got Miami and Baltimore. That's going to be a good game, personally. I'm going to be watching this one. Baltimore is 73% favorites. However, Miami won the last matchup between these two teams last year. And I think there's going to be some interesting, interesting headlines in this game with Tua and Lamar. Tyree Kill as well. Fun fact, Miami's leading rusher right now only has 25 yards on the ground. Their running back by committee thing is weird. Chase Edmonds has 25 yards on the ground. Not a lot of big question marks for players. Not a lot of big guys that are listed as out right now. Ronnie Stanley's the only big one that is doubtful. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are questionable. J.K. Dobbins are quest- is questionable. They got Baltimore given three and a half. I would like the Mar- I'm Me personally, I'm buying on this... Miami team high. I bought on them high in the preseason. I would take Miami here. That's my pick. We're going to go to the ugliest game of the week, in my opinion, now. We're going to go to New England versus Pittsburgh. This team, both these teams are terrible, in my opinion. Pittsburgh won last week purely because the Bengals couldn't get out of their own way. And because of a few big plays by Minka Fitzpatrick. The Bengals just could not get out of their way. They're backup. They had a backup uh, long snapper mess up a couple snaps. Minka with a big block and a big pick. Joe Burrow could not stop turning the ball over for a little while. I'm not a fan of Pittsburgh. I've never been a fan of their teams. I'm not a fan of Mike Tomlin. I think he's the most overrated coach in football, but the way they complain about him there, he's won two Lombardis for you, but they complain about him like he's freaking, I don't know, like Aaron Boone or like someone even worse, like Luis Rojas. I don't know why. They complain about him being a terrible coach, but I think he's okay. I think if he wasn't perceived as a coaching god while also being slandered, I would say he's properly rated, but I think he's a little bit overrated. Bill Belichick's another guy that's starting to come to that overrated thing, but we got some big headlines here with TJ Watt being out. They have New England by giving three points in this one, but ESPN has Pittsburgh winning. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This game's going to be terrible. There's going to be like 15 points total scored or 20 points total. This is going to be like a 7 to 14 game or 7 to 10 game. Like this is going to be one of the worst games of football ever. Mac Jones is dealing with back spasms and I like Mac Jones. Don't get me wrong. I think he's properly rated, which is a bit of a hot take. I like Mac. I like he knows his role. He gets the ball out quick. He plays like Tom Brady in a way. He's a poor man's Brady. But he does not instill confidence in me to score a lot of points in this one. Mitch Trubisky does not instill confidence in me either. He still can't throw to his left. Chase Claypool is terrible. He's been terrible since his rookie year. He he, he can't call himself Mapletron anymore. And Pat Fryermuth had a couple of garbage time catches. Here's a fun fact for you guys. Chase Claypool is the leading rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Not Najee Harris. The fuck is that? That's absurd. By the way, sit Chase Claypool and sit Najee Harris this week. Sit any Pittsburgh, sit any New England player this week. That's my other take. 
We're talking Indiana and Jacksonville now. That game is going to be Indiana. Not Indiana. Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. This is going to be a revenge game for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is going to win. Michael Pittman is out, and I am pissed about it because I had freaking Michael Pittman as my second-round pick in fantasy. I picked him and CD back-to-back, and they're both freaking... CD's going to play like crap today. I already know it. And Michael Pittman is... Ugh, fuck! Man. That's the only problem, but I think Jonathan Taylor's going to run it up. Especially against this Jags defense, which I don't have a lot of confidence in a lot of Jacksonville. Indianapolis does have a couple, another key piece out. The now formerly known as Darius, Shaquille Leonard, is out as well. Pittman kind of came as a surprise to me that he was out. And they have... Uh, again, they're the Colts giving three to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not covering three. They cover three... I will cry. Speaking of teams covering, I'll go back to that Jets thing for a minute. I did make a stupid bet that the, if the Jets covered did did cover the spread, I'd do something pretty stupid on Instagram Live. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Carolina and the Giants. Were, there's a lot of ugly games in the one o'clock. The Giants have not started one and zero since 2016 or 2017. This is the first time the Giants have been over 500 since 2017. They're going into play. The Panthers, who kind of impressed me last week in an ugly game because Baker's grit, his arm talent, and his ability to come back. the end of that game, Baker did not deserve to lose that game. He didn't. Plain and simple. It just was not a good showing all around from the Panthers besides maybe Baker in the second half. Not a lot of key guys are out. The only guys out in this one that might be key is Wandale Robinson for the Giants. Who names their kid Wandale? Kadarius Tony's questionable, but he'll probably play like three snaps again. He does not care how many snaps he plays as long as his team wins. Good attitude. I like that. The Panthers are given one. That's probably the lowest line I've seen in a long time. Giants have to cover one point. Fuck it. I hate the Giants, too. I don't hate them as much as other teams in the NFC East. I'm not a big fan of what they've done in the past, the Giants. I think Saquon's overrated. Sorry. I just don't... I'm not a big fan of this team. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. But this is a winnable game for the Giants. I like the Giants covering here. If not covering, winning. Give me the Giants and take the under in this one. This is going to be an ugly one. What game haven't I talked about? The last 1 o'clock game I think here that I haven't talked about is Tampa and New Orleans. This is the Super Bowl for the Saints. This is their day. This is Tom Brady's biggest hurdle. Tom Brady has not beaten the Saints in the regular season. He beat them in the postseason. Since he's been a member of the Buccaneers, at least. He beat them in the postseason, thanks a lot to his defense and Drew Brees and his teammates for getting how to play football. Man, I miss Drew Brees. Instead, now we have the matchup of Tom Brady versus famous Jameis Winston. The Ryan Deary of the NFL. This is going to be a fun game. This is going to be a lot of fun. Chris Godwin's out. Russell Gage and Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Evans are all questionable, as is Tristan Wirfs. For the Saints, Mark Ingram and Jameis are questionable, as is Kamara, but let's be real. All those guys I just named... They're playing, right? I think so. 
be honest with you. The Buccaneers did not look great against the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense did look good. That was the only part of the Cowboys that looked good. Holding a potent Bucks offense to field goals and one touchdown. That was an insane catch by Mike Williams. Not Mike Williams. Mike Evans, by the way. I think this is going to be a Saint. I know ESPN's got the Saints only at a 31% win odds. But two and a half points is the spread. And the money line is plus 118 for the Saints. I'm taking the Saints here. Just because I... I like the Saints here. They have Tom Brady figured out, I think. I, I, I'd i like to see this. what the Saints have. I think this is a very capable team. They showed some real grit. They have Michael Thomas back. You can't guard NFL young boy. I like it. I like this matchup a lot. This is the only 1 o'clock game. This one and Miami and Baltimore. These are the only two 1 o'clock games I have circled that I want to watch. Let's move into the 4 o'clock slate. We have... Atlanta and the Rams. I'm not going to take too much time on this one. I think I'm going to start Cordero Patterson this week. But I don't like this matchup for the Falcons, who I think are a very underrated team here this year. Falcons have some pieces. I like Cordero Patterson. I'm very high on Drake London. I think Drake London is a potential 1,100-yard receiver with 6-8 to eight touchdowns this year. I really like his game. I think Drake London's the next Mike Evans. I really like Kyle Pitts. I think he'll get less touches because of how much attention he's going to draw on Drake London's existence. I think the offense isn't terrible. Mariota's a good stopgap. He didn't play terrible last week. I, I, don't, I like Marcus Mariota. Stafford did not look impressive last week. Cam Akers is probably going to put up zero again. He's only gonna, Stafford's only going to give the ball to Cooper Cup and Nick Swinowski or whatever his name is. Van Jefferson's out. Leonard Floyd's questionable. The spread is 10. Los Angeles has given 10 to the Falcons. If you are a dumbass, you would take Falcons' money line at, four, at plus 400 odds. I do like the spread at 10, though. I would say the Falcons will probably, just because of garbage time, they will probably cover. Just my gut feeling. I don't think they're going to win, but I think the game's going to be like an 8-7 point loss. Maybe by a touchdown or two, just because of garbage time. I like Atlanta covering 10. 10's a big number. That's usually when you go to your... Alright, I might have to cover that. We're going to move on to the other 405 game, which is Seattle and San Fran. I'm not high on this Niners team anymore, as I was earlier in the year. George Kittle's questionable with the groin. Seattle did lose a Big piece the other day. They lost Blitzboy. He's on injured reserve, and he might be done for the year with a quad injury. San Fran is a 73.5 percentage favorite, according to ESPN's matchup predictor, but ESPN's always wrong. The spread is 9 points. San Fran's given 9. Trey Lance does... I am going to sit here. I'm going to sit on his throne. I'm not coming off my high horse with this one. Trey Lance is not an NFL quarterback. He never has shown me anything. Look, I get the weather was shit last week in Chicago, but Justin Fields outplayed you. And I have never been high on Justin Fields, purely for the sake that he went to Ohio State. Ohio State does not produce any quarterbacks. They've never produced a quarterback. Only plays for a team like the Bears, where it is actually illegal and it's considered a war crime if they have a good quarterback. Their best quarterback in franchise history is Jay Cutler. The Niners have a guy who's, I mean, a lot of people don't think he's very good, but I do. 
And I think he's capable of winning games, and he won't get in the way. That man is Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's on your bench. I think he's capable of winning a lot of games. If Jimmy Garoppolo was playing today, tonight against the Seahawks, I would like my odds. I would say, yeah, they're definitely going to win. I don't know about cover, but they'll win. I don't like San Fran in this one. One bit. I am not high on them. Geno Smith said they wrote him off, but he didn't write back. Geno Smith right now has that dog in him. His last start, he was 23 for 28 with 195 yards and two touchdowns. Trey Lance was 13 of 28 for 164 yards and a pick. How are you 13 for 28 with the fucking receivers you have on that team and the fucking weapons? How are you that bad? You have George Kittle, Debo, Elijah Mitchell, who's hurt, I know, or was hurt. He left the game early. You can't be this bad. You can't be this bad, dude. I don't get it. I really don't get it with this guy. This dude is trash. He is trash. Give me the Seahawks. Money line. Give me the Seahawks in this one, too. The Seahawks will win by at least five. 425 games. I believe there's three. Go Houston and the Broncos. This is the only game I think the spread. I would not take the team with the spread like that is gonna lose. I don't think the uh, the Texans are gonna cover. I think last week was a flash in the pan. Broncos country, let's ride. That's all I gotta say. We'll go to my game that I'm really not looking forward to watching tonight. The defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals march into Jerry World and play my Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush at quarterback. Dak's out indefinitely. They think four weeks. I think it's going to be six to eight. I don't want Dak to rush back at this point. He's out with a broken thumb or hip surgery on the thumb. Michael Gallup's done for a, a couple more games, it looks like. J-Ron Curse is out. Connor McGovern's out. Terrell Basham's on IR. T. Higgins is the only guy for the Bengals that is a key piece that might not play. He's questionable still, but I think he'll play. The spread is seven. The Bengals are giving seven to Dallas. The money line is Dallas plus 270. Cincinnati minus 345. Unless the Cowboys defense really shows up and Cooper Rush has another game like he did out in Minnesota last year, then I'd say Dallas might cover. I don't think Dallas is covering. I don't think this game is going to be close. I'm being an honest Cowboys fan right now. We are fucking garbage. We're probably The way we looked against Tampa Bay, now that Tampa Bay team was beatable. Beatable. They looked terrible. They looked terrible for four quarters, at least offensively. Dak could not get anything done. He was scared to run. Then he gets hurt. Winnable games are now not winnable. C.D. Lamb could not get open. The wide receiver room is terrible. Terrible. They didn't play Turpin. They didn't use him. I'd like to see Tony Pollard maybe get some snaps out of the slot. They didn't put him in a slot. Zeke did look good. Zeke did look good. Dalton Schultz that did nothing. Virtually nothing. I'd like to see them use Simi Fajoko a bit. Because he's a big body that can get up and catch the ball. Although Simi Fajoko does use TikTok like Juju. But I think he's not bad. It shows there's holes on this team. There are big gaping holes. No Randy Gregory. Makes a difference a bit. 
Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons is a scary edge duo, but Randy Gregory made that machine go. Leighton Van Der Esch didn't look terrible up the middle. Trayvon Diggs had a solid game, besides the touchdown to Evans, where that was a great catch. Anthony Brown didn't look bad. Jordan Lewis looked okay. Jaron Curse being out is going to hurt them because he's a good safety. Donovan Wilson's still good. That defense is very good. I think that that defense is a top ten unit in football. I just don't like the offense. The line is in shambles. They have one good lineman right now that's healthy. It's look. Tyler Smith held his own. Tyler Smith was a good draft pick by Jerry Jones. I will not knock Jerry Jones for his drafting ability. He, in my lifetime, I think the worst draft pick he made was Taco Charlton. But he's found gems in late rounds. Dak Prescott, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Smith when he was healthy. Leighton Vanderesh, Zach Martin. Like, there's a lot of guys. Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick. He's drafted some future Hall of Famers in the first, second, third, fourth, whatever round. Like, he's found some gems. Anthony Brown in the seventh. Like, these are good players. These are solid football players. They're just terrible in free agency. They couldn't sign Randy Gregory. They traded and they traded away and fractured a relationship with Amari Cooper. They paid Michael Gallup, which I thought was fair, but he's not playing. But Jerry's like, oh, if this was the Super Bowl or if this was the playoffs, he'd be playing. Well, yeah, that's the problem. It's not. We're not going to be in that situation this year. Last year was our last big chance. I think it's time the Dallas Cowboys either need to have a big free agency, trade for a piece like we trade for Amari Cooper, or just blow it up. Blow it up. You're Tony Romoing, my boy. Expect him to do everything for you without giving him any help. Tyler Smith was a good start in the draft. You need to do something. So- something needs to be done. Mike McCarthy needs to be fired. I know Kellen Moore didn't call a great game offensively, but Kellen Moore is still who I want to be the coach. Him and Dan Quinn. I want one of those two to become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys at some point this year. There is no excuse for the Cowboys to keep Mike McCarthy as their head coach. In 2022, there is no excuse for it. I'm taking the Bengals here, though, to summarize what I'm saying. TLDR, I'm taking the Bengals, and I'm taking the Bengals by a lot. Last 425 game is the Arizona Call of Duty Cardinals and the Las Vegas Criminals. I think the Criminals are going to win this game. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals will cover, especially with the, with the negative attention that Kyler Murray's been getting. I think it's getting to him a bit. The Vegas Raiders are without Trayvon Merring, Denzel Perryman, and Andre James this week. The Cardinals are without Andy Isabella and Rondell Moore. Once again, relying on Hollywood Brown. This game might be a shootout, in a way, or a lot of a high-flying passing attack. But Vegas isn't going to lose the home opener. Well, not the home opener. They're not going to lose another game like that. I think they're going to win at home today over the cards. Excuse me for keep sniffling. Like I said, I'm sick. My throat is killing me right now, but i got to get this episode done. 8-20 game, Chicago and Green Bay. This is going to be the annual Aaron Rodgers beatdown. Not much else to say here. This te- Both teams are terrible, but I like... The uh, the Packers here. The spread is plus 10, though. I think Chicago will cover, though. Chicago will cover, but I like the Packers here. Monday night, we got two of them for the price of one. 
We had Tennessee at Buffalo. The spread is 10. Buffalo's given 10 points. No. No. This is going to be a closer game than people think. Because Tennessee last year, I believe, the last couple years have beat down on the Bills. Tennessee has had the Bills number in the past, and Mike Vrabel's a very capable head coach. I think Tennessee isn't going to win, but it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be decided by a field goal here. I like Tennessee covering in this one. The only big guy that's out, there's only two guys that are big for Tennessee that are out. It's going to be Christian Fulton and Dontrell Hilliard, who Hilliard had a big game last week. I'd maybe keep an eye on him in your fantasy leagues. And the last Monday night game is going to be the Minnesota Vikings marching to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia and take on the Eagles. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't like that one bit. I think this Eagles team is a bit overrated. They made some necessary moves. A.J. Brown had a big game, but I think they're going to come back down to earth a bit. Jalen Hurts cannot throw a ball over 10 yards. He's a running quarterback at its finest. Give me Captain Kirk and the Vikings. They're going 2-0 to start the season. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to get a little bit of revenge for that. AFC champ, not AFC, NFC Championship game where they got blown out in Philadelphia. I don't like the Eagles here in this matchup. I don't like this team at all. I think they're overrated. Miles Sanders is not going to have a good game like he did last week. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a classic Jalen Hurts stinker. But he'll still run for a lot of yards. And that's it for football this week. At least games-wise. <sighs> there is some interesting storylines. Especially like who you play or not. Now I have a bit of a dilemma in one of my leagues. A stardom sit -em. I'm still debating between it. I'm debating between starting Aaron Jones or Cordero Patterson. Or if, starting, if, or if I start Aaron Jones and Cordero Patterson, do I sit C.D. Lamb? That's my big dilemma. Now, last time C.D. Lamb did play with Cooper Rush, he had a big game. It was eight receptions for 112 yards. Aaron Jones does play well against Chicago, but he's not the number one. He doesn't seem to be the feature back anymore. It seems to be A.J. Dillon, especially around the goal line. Currently, on my bench, too, I have Hollywood Brown. I do think Hollywood Brown might have some high touch rates, but I think Cordero's the safe play here for me in this one league. I do say I'd sit Hollywood Brown this weekend. I would play Aaron Jones, but cautiously play Aaron Jones. I'd cautiously play CD as he has a high floor for receptions and targets. Just because Cooper Rush is going to have nowhere to throw. And plus, he's matched up against Eli freaking Apple. Come on. Jonathan Taylor's a must-play, by the way. For all those out there, he's getting a lot of touches. A lot of uh, interesting stuff this week. I say anyone on the Bengals is an instant play. It's going to be a good week for some football. Ugly games, but high scoring for fantasy football and high scoring... Some games, if you like a lot of high scoring, you like offense, this is going to be a good week for some for some good teams that are going to be beaten down on some really bad teams, if you like high scoring and stuff. 
me personally, I can't wait to throw on Scott Hansen and some ESPN fantasy football stuff and just be in my room all day doing that. <coughs> Before we go, I do want to touch on some baseball. I do want to touch on it. I want to touch on the Yankees, and I want to touch on the Mets, as we always do. The Yankees, we'll start with you. Toronto is closing the gap. We thought the division was all but wrapped up. Toronto is four and a half back. With, I believe it's less than 20 games left. We can't lose this division to the goddamn Blue Jays. We can't. We do have the head-to-head over them. We've been abysmal away from Yankee Stadium this year. We lost two games against Milwaukee, who is a very mid-team. I think they're mid. Frankie Montes throws out another fucking clunker and costs us a chance to win that game. Last night, J-Mo Tyone let up a home run to Willie Adamas, who is still on his fuck you Tampa Bay tour for trading him. I mean... Who would you rather have had this year? Willie Adamas or Wander Franco? I would rather have had Willie Adamas. I think Wander Franco's overrated. Especially with the time he's missed with injury. There's injury concern now. The Yankees, this is another big reason, too, I'm mad. Houston just clinched a playoff berth yesterday. Yankees haven't done that yet. And this is a team that the Yankees were all but had the, everything wrapped up a month and a half ago. Now. They're in real panic mode. The Yankees lost their first ba- their backup first baseman, Marwin Gonzalez. He got plunked and he got hit in the head by the catcher. He left the other night with dizziness. Marwin's banged up. It's literally the Aaron Judge show right now. There's no DJ. We're getting Rizzo back tonight is the what I've heard. He's coming off the IL today. That's the rumor. No Benintendi. No Efros. Chapman just came back. Clay Holmes has struggled. Jose Trevino is kind of struggling, but I don't know why management is being stupid. They're playing Kyle Higashioka. You're playing IKF at shortstop, but I don't get it. You finally start Peraza after five days of not playing him, and Peraza went one for three last night. Oswaldo Cabrera has been good defensively. He's just got to figure it out with the bat. I'm being a little patient with him just because his defense has been stellar, and I think he's second in outfield assists on the Yankees currently, and he's pretty high in D-War for the Yankees since he's been called up. They got to play Floreal, in my opinion. They haven't played Floreal. They should play him. IKF needs to play third right now. He can't be playing every day anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of Aaron Boone. If the Yankees lose this division and they get swept this weekend, I was pressing the red panic button for a little bit, but if they get swept this weekend by Milwaukee, Tonight they have Cole going, or today at 2-10 they have Cole going against Alexander. Yankees should win this game. But you lost a series to Milwaukee, in Milwaukee. Two winnable games. You're up 5 nothing in the first game and lose. Like, it's painful. Should not happen. Should not happen. Had some big series wins recently, and then you put up a stinker like this. 
I'm pissed. Especially the lineup making. Aaron Boone played Aaron Hicks three days in a row. Aaron Hicks should not be on the goddamn roster anymore. He's on a roster one more time, I might go commit seppuku outside of his office. I can't stand it. What is he thinking? The lineup's got to be coming out soon. And if I see the name Aaron Hicks there, I'm going to be pissed. Pissed, pissed, pissed. Not happy. The Yankees, again, we lose tonight. Toronto becomes three and a half back. And this was a division that was done a week ago after we beat Tampa two out of three. And then we swept Boston. I'm, I don't know what else to say. The reinforcements are coming, though. It seems like we're getting Rizzo back. It seems like Castro's getting closer. Steven Ridings, who John Boy Media thought was non-existent, but the pride of St. Anthony's, Long Island's finest, currently in the majors, are on an active roster. Besides him and Ramon Laureano are Long Island's finest right now. He'll be expected to be up soon. He looked good in his rehab start. Bottom line, though, Yankees are 87-58. and 58. If the Yankees don't get to 90 wins by September 21st, which is when they start their, when that series with Pittsburgh ends, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Especially now that we hear that Montas went back to New York to get an MRI in his shoulder. Not good. Severino also is coming off the IL. He'll pitch Wednesday in that Pittsburgh series. I'm really excited to see him. I love Luis Severino. There needs to be change, though, on this Yankee team. Especially if we, even if we win this year, there needs to be some serious changes in the front office and the coaching staff. Not Matt Blake, not the new hitting coach, Aaron Boone, maybe Cashman. I still don't think Cashman's the guy that you should throw under the bus here. I think it's Aaron Boone. And Hal needs to be reevaluated from within everyone else. I think Hal needs to have a hands-off approach at this point. Let Cashman do his job. He's starting to become Artie Moreno. Eh, not that far. Yet. <sighs> the Mets. Let's go to the Mets real quick. Because the Mets have had an interesting ride right now. They're being weird, the Mets. They're being really weird. Mets win last night. They're at 92 wins. The Mets got their lick back against the Pirates, it looks like. They got their lick back. They win this series, it appears. Yeah, they've won three out of four. They have DeGrom versus Oviedo today at 140. They're going to sweep the Pirates. The Mets have had an interesting one. They lost one to Pittsburgh when they were in Pittsburgh. We Last time we spoke, they were losing to Miami. Well, they just got done beating Miami. They got swept by the goddamn Cubs. At home. In the confines of City Field. How do you get swept at home, dog? They do look like world beaters again. They they win a close one against Pittsburgh, though. Diaz has 30 saves on the year, which is impressive. They won their 90th on Thursday. Carrasco got a win. Rare Carrasco W, in my opinion. Even though he has 15 on the year, which is surprising. Bassett. Gets win number 14 against Pittsburgh. He won 5-1. to one. Bassett's been very good recently. 
They go to Milwaukee next. And with the way they've been playing the Yankees-Milwaukee, I'm a little nervous for the Mets. That's their last hard series. Them and Atlanta. Those are the last two real teams they're going to play. And they're going to have to face Corbin Burns in that series. And the Mets, September 30th, October 1st, October 2nd, in Atlanta. That is going to be a barn burner. And I think Atlanta's going to win that series because Atlanta's been that good. Atlanta did just lose Albies. Again, he fractured his finger last night after just getting him back. Gary Cohen made a stupid comment on air. He's like, he was came back, and then he's right back on the IL. There's a reason I don't like Gary Cohen. Besides that, he's monotone. He's like, it's Gary Cohen. Pitch, fastball, called strike. There's a ball hit by Austin Riley, and it's out of here. I mean, look, I know he's not supposed to be excited about stuff, but at least show some emotion. At least Michael K. I don't like Michael K on the, on the game either when he calls him. But some guys, when another guy, another team hits a home run, they're like, and that ball is gone. Or they put a little emphasis in what they're doing. Gary Cohen just sounds like he's born out of his mind. And then he always talks shit. He always finds a way to talk shit about every other team. Like someone will hit a fly ball to right field. Like, especially when they play the Yanks. The Yanks are in City Field. There's a fly ball to right, a shallow fly ball on the right. That would be gone at Yankee Stadium. He always just talks shit. Fuck Gary Cohen. Look, learn to talk shit. It'll talk shit about every other team. Your team's not perfect, dog. Go find God. Mets, though, I'm not too confident that they're going to win two out of three in Milwaukee in this next series. I'm confident they'll win today against Pittsburgh, get a sweep, get to 93 wins. But I don't think they'll be hitting 100. They have an interesting series against Oakland coming up, too, where they're going to have to face two former Yankee studs in Ken Waldachuk and J.P. Sears. And I really like Waldachuk and Sears. I think that's going to be a good matchup. The two more with Miami where they avoid Sandy Alcantara. Atlanta, Washington. Mets, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, that's all I got for you today. Hopefully, next time I speak to you guys, I don't have an upper respiratory infection and don't feel like complete dog. But, hopefully, it gets better from here. I keep getting sick, I keep getting hurt, shit happens, but... Hopefully the next time we speak, I'm in better spirits. I appreciate everyone who tunes in and actually listens to this stuff, too. Sorry this isn't going to be the best episode in the world. I try to make every episode good, but this one I think is just going to be kind of passable. We'll do more in-depth stuff next time. I'm hoping, if I'm feeling better Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll get down to the real nitty-gritty. I'm recording again at the team house. I'm not at Studio 38 today. But I had to get something in today for you guys. Make sure to watch some football today. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. I guess. I don't know. Make sure to set your lineups before 1 o'clock, everyone. I will see you on the next episode. Peace.